You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrashenkill, joined by my esteemed colleague, the 365 Days of Horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Joe? Uh, doing well. Um, <clears throat> very pleased to, to start this new year off with a very special uh, themed show. Um, what is what is the theme here? What, what did we do for this one, Jordan? Well, it's a, a new year. It's a new us. And we are casting aside our hellish sinful ways Mm -hmm. and we are once again giving ourselves over to the lord with a special documentary that i found uh, a three hour long documentary about the dangers of rock and roll through the lens of christian ministry um was it necessary for us to watch a three hour documentary uh based on late 1980s evangelical fears about the dangers of rock and roll and or heavy metal. No, but we did it anyway because, well, the show has to carry itself somehow. (laughs) You know, as I think of going on the social medias and looking at people I haven't spoken to in 15, 20 years, posting pictures of them and their spouses and their multiple ugly, ugly children, dressing up in the same Christmas matching jammies or pictures of their New Year's celebrations. I remember that this is how we spend our vacation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we probably um, had a bit of arrested development here, didn't we? Didn't quite grow up how we were supposed to. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, I don't want to be like those people. So it's just like, well, I might as well do this. Yeah, I mean, your options are overall are not great. And it's like the whole thing. You're here already. What are you going to do with your time? And uh, what we have chosen to do is uh, spend our time making fun of others. Um, and thus far, I got to say, I can't complain. I've had a pretty good run. How about you? Doing okay so far. Could be better. Could be worse. Yeah. Uh, when you think about the different kinds of existences you can have on this planet, ours is pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it overall. Uh, We have our lazy boys, we kick our feet up, and we just watch the world pass us by and say, that sucks. Yeah. This sucks. (laughs) I could do that better. Look at this nerd. Uh, So if you want to save yourself uh, 500 or so episodes of Toilet Radio, that's essentially a pretty good description, uh, as as you'll get of any. Um, With this particular document, how did you find it? Well, we were looking for something to do... uh, Typically, around this time of year, news gets a little bit lighter, and we always enjoy watching some sort of rock or metal or music-related documentary, particularly ones maybe we haven't seen or hadn't been discussed in a long time. So I went to, I think, Tubi, and was like, well, we could do this, we could do this. Let me go to YouTube and just look up like Christian heavy metal documentaries. Mm-hmm. And what popped up was what we're going to talk about today, Hell bells the dangers of rock and roll so <clears throat> this is not some rinky dink shit like uh the the last christian heavy metal documentary that we watched this one uh was put together with what looks to be a fair amount of money at least in the the year of 1989 uh there's some production values here uh it has it had it seems like a pretty large release for a uh religious uh video about again the dangers of rock and roll 
even has his own Wikipedia page. Uh, you can't say that about metal missionaries or whatever the hell else we were watching. Uh, this is also available on Amazon. Like you could buy this DVD right now if you wanted to. It's on YouTube for free. But if you just had to have a physical copy of this, uh, and I'll even read the product description. Over the years, Real to Real Ministries received numerous requests and pleas from people asking them to re-release the classic Hell's Bells 1 on DVD. This 1989 bestseller not only launched r to rs worldwide ministry, it was used by God to bring mm -hmm. tens of thousands of people around the world to Christ. That's true. For a, few, for a few years, they always turned their requests down, pointing people to the sequel, Hell's Bells 2, The Power and Spirit of Popular Music, which just as a brief aside, that is also on YouTube. It is over six hours long. I... um. There, there are lots of like art movies that I've wanted to watch that I just have not sat down because they're like, you know, four or five, six hours long. And I actually want to see them. So I'm not going to like sit down and watch something that like is, is only going to produce fodder for us to poke fun at for six and a half hours as opposed to something that would be actually enriching for me. I'm just saying, right. no, I'm not going to do it. Right. There are legitimate masterpieces of modern cinema that are like three hours long, three yeah. and a half hours long. I don't even want to watch those. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen with this. But the description continues. As a more contemporary and relevant treatment of the issue, that would be the second Hell's Bells, whether out of fondness for the presentation that meant so much to their lives or because it may be seen as being more relevant to the boomers who grew up in that era's music, the 60s through the 80s, the requests just keep coming in. Some people have also said that it's slower less frenetic style, made it a bit easier for the message to sink in. Jesus Christ, how long do you need the message to sink in? Fuck, this was three and a half hours long. Do you really need an extra three? So in 2006, the original Hell's Bells classic was released in a two-DVD set. This is the real thing, uncut, digitally remastered, and looking and sounding better than when it was released 18 years ago. This three-hour presentation is divided into five standalone sections. Part one. The Dangers of Rock and Roll, an overview of the problem and the biblical worldview that will be used in its analysis. Part two, The Root of Rock, from whence did this new musical form spring and get its power? <laughs> part three, The Fruit of Rock, part one. They probably should have rearranged some of this. Yeah, yeah, it was a little disorganized. Looking at the fruit of something, Jesus said, can tell you a lot about a phenomenon's origins and ultimate destiny. That's so true. Jesus was always talking about fruit. It's like, God, man, stop talking about cantaloupes. <laughs> part four, the fruit of rock part two. It really is more than just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And part five, the axe falls. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The cross reveals the true rock, the one that will never be rolled away. Okay. <clears throat> So there's a lot to cover here. I think that initially watching this movie, I was a little bit, I don't know, taken, taken aback because it's so very old school in, a, in an old satanic panic kind of way, you know? Like, I don't feel like it was as relevant today as it once was. But, you know, I'll tell you this, Jordan, you, you sent me... Um, a very high quality uh, link to watch the entire documentary in one place on YouTube. Uh, like this is clearly like a scan from the DVD, very high quality. 
Um, but that one has the comments turned off. What you should do instead is go to the VHS rips that are available on YouTube so you can read the comments and realize that people are just as bird-brained, fucking QAnon-pilled, insane uh, now as they were in 1989. <clears throat> uh, for example, <clears throat> uh, Saxon Steve three months ago says, this is so eye-opening, eye emoji here. Thank you for exposing the lies, the deception, and the deceivement what knocked me out was the band I played in uh, was the the band I was in. Fuck the band I was in played Anthem by Rush. I had no idea those lyrics existed and were satanic. Shocking. <laughs> um, Big Satanist Getty Lee. Well, here's the thing. Anthem is a deeply satanic song, but it's not <laughs> for the reason that you think it is. It's because it's about Ayn Randian bullshit. <laughs> um, is a true celebration of the self greed uh, and personal virtue over the existence of others, which if you want to get down to it is about as satanic as it gets. But again, uh, it's a libertarian satanic, not like red devil satanic. <clears throat> um, we'll go through additional comments as the episode continues, but I just wanted to get your, your broad overview on this whole thing. I think we should talk about like the, I don't know if it's the DVD or original VHS, but the cover art for this. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. Do you want to describe this? We have, uh, it looks like in the background, some sort of hellish gate with little black squiggly lines all over, possibly black metal band logos. Oh yeah. This is the VHS cover for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And up front we have a possibly naked, extremely buff dude with big eighties metal hair, mm -hmm. smashing a bell with a guitar. Um, it's pretty cool. The cover also <clears throat> says, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. The cover says, including George Michael, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, Whitney Houston, Prince, Metallica, The Doors, uh, really small font here, Madonna, Billy Idol, The Cure, Van Halen, The BC Boys, Bobby Brown, The Rolling Stones, Ozzy Osbourne, The Grateful Dead, ACDC, XTC, Jimi Hendrix, The Beatles, Fleetwood Mac, and many more. Now, you might think that that's an exaggeration, but no, it does cover all of those guys quite extensively, plus many, many more. A lot of, plus many, many more that were new to me. Somebody who spent his entire life obsessing over bullshit rock and roll pop culture phenomena. And the word including, it may be a little bit mis misleading because it sounds like they were interviewed for this. No. Or like they had been consulted. No, they just used clips of their music and interview clips. Yes, and I, I do appreciate that in our today's copyright-friendly culture that this documentary contains all of the original works of art by all of these other artists completely free of attribution for your listening pleasure. <laughs> I mean, it even makes lyric videos for them. <clears throat> they they take like live performances or they take their actual music videos and transcribe what the lyrics are. And it's like, oh, wow, this is very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, somebody with a very distinct uh, handwriting did all of this. It was very, very <laughs> Yes, it was very calligraphy-looking handwriting. Yeah. So what I'm saying here is this is made with a level of love and craftsmanship that you really don't see nowadays. Um, there was an investment in this. And, like, comparing this to other, you know, Hellraiser, Bible-thumping stuff from the time, they did a lot of research. They did. You it's cannot deny that. Like, they, they really do go across. It's not just heavy metal. 
you have pop music, you have some rap, you have, uh, they also go into like industrial and gothic music for a little while. I, and I want to, in, in, in a little bit, we should definitely talk about that because that was probably my favorite part of the movie. And it's not even just the biggest bands of the time. Like there's Metallica in there. There's Motley Crue. They talk about Madonna. Like sure, that's all in there. But like they also play music from Coven and Anvil and Venom, Mer Merciful Fate, and it's, Celtic so it's, Frost. So like... they, they really did research in it, and I'm almost appreciative that they did that. It's it wasn't just like the obvious things that a lot of other places did. They they actually looked into this. They actually have either people who decided to research it or former metalheads who became you know Christian missionaries that are like, yeah, actually this is the real stuff. Talk about Exodus. Like, there's a shit ton of King Diamond in here. For you noisehead, there's a lot of Diamond of Gallus. There's like, uh, I, this was a new one for me, actually. Uh, I had never heard of Wayne County before, had you? No. no there's a few in here that I'm just like, ooh, who is this? I got to look them up more. And Wayne County in particular, it seems like somebody that should probably be getting more dap, uh, especially in today's uh, age where uh, this was uh, an out- uh, transgender artists like explicitly transgender making transgender art starting from like the late 60s through decades so i mean that's uh that's pretty that's pretty sick uh also would like to know in the movie credited as wayne diamond uh prefers to be known as jane diamond do not want to dead name that was just what the artist was uh called at the time that released the music uh, but yeah, like that's that shit's uh, that's something that like I would think that we would hear about more. And it took this insane, paranoid Christian documentary from 1989 to uh, kind of bring that to the forefront for me. I think it probably introduced a lot of people to a whole bunch of new bands, you know, obviously pre-internet, pre even cable TV for a lot of people this was the introduction to a lot of heavy metal bands. And you have to assume some people who are into this to begin with, whose like parents got them this video or forced them to go through their youth church group, probably learned of a lot more bands to check out after this. I mean, that's the thing. If nothing else, this documentary is uh, exists to show off what MTV would not. <laughs> it's true. There's They go deep. They show a lot more than a lot of the other pop culture stuff at the time. You had to be like a total basement dwelling nerd who knew about the right zines to find half of these bands. Yeah, I think through throughout this, they occasionally pull out like interview clips and like the most metal thing that they pulled it out of was like Hit Parader in the mid 80s, which, you know, was like, here's an ACDC interview. Yeah. But at the same time, going deep into... Um, King Diamond. <laughs> so um, let's let's I guess let's start with uh, with this um, Hell's Bells, the dangers of rock and roll is presented by the founder of Real to Real Ministries, Eric Holmberg. Uh, when we first see Eric Holmberg, he is a very distinct figure. Would you like to describe him? He has a nice flowing rocker mullet mm -hmm. and an 80s dad mustache. So the first thing that I did within the first 30 seconds of this film starting, I Googled Eric Holmberg allegations, and I will tell you nothing came up. So uh, he's managed to keep his nose clean uh, throughout the decade. So good for Eric Holmberg. 
And he's still doing this. He is still doing this. He is still giving, because I had to look it up. Um, uh, he's still doing podcast episodes with various, um, you know, apocalyptic right-wing Christian groups, uh, preparing to helping you prepare for the reset of society, however you choose to read that. And I don't know if this, if they're all related to that specific ministry, but if you uh, watch this on YouTube, the one I did, where it's uploaded by a user named Christian Video Vault, you can see yes. all the different videos that they've posted, including one just like 24 hours ago called Islam Debunked. Mm -hmm. So I don't well, know if that has anything to do with Real to Real Ministries, but there's a lot of stuff like this out there. What, and a uh, lot just, of it is free. I, I want to pause on that for a second. You know, it's been thousands of years, but this one, one YouTube video managed to put the fucking nail in the coffin of an entire religion of billions of people. <laughs> um, I can't watch that one yet because I have to watch this other video. Halloween Unmasked. Oh. Uh, what's the point of Halloween Unmasked? You want the mask. That's that's the whole point. What else we got? Disney's Fall into Corruption. Demon Magicians Exposed. Ooh, that's mm. a two-hour one. Jesus. Masonry's satan Satanic Doctrine. Are we still doing masonry? That hasn't been relevant in like a hundred years. Agenda, Grinding America Down with a big uh, hammer and sickle on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The UFO Conspiracy. Atheists Don't Exist. Oh, there's so many things to watch. Atheists Don't Exist, huh? <laughs> Just disappearing like Marty McFly. <laughs> well, it's uh, just reading that made me think about how they, throughout this documentary, they talk a, a lot about uh, some of these artists are like clearly talking about mm. like satanic things or things that go against God. And then remembering that this is 30 years later and not a small amount of them are like born again Christians now, like Alice Cooper. That's the thing. Alice Cooper got a lot of flack in this documentary, but I think at the time this was made, he was already a born again. And I was just thinking, like, what's the fucking point? Like, you st if you still do your show, they're going to fucking crucify you for being an agent of Satan. Like, why are you even bothering to break your back for these fucking jackals? And then, like, even they do a lot of stuff on Madonna, and she went through her, like, whatever weird Christian phase, too, so. Wait, didn't she go through, like, a Kabbalah, Kabbalah. phase? yeah. <laughs> what? Which okay. wasn't real for many reasons. Jordan, what is Kabbalah? It's uh, a mysticism-based learning and teaching, particularly of Judaism. Um, and the reason why Madonna really was never really studying that is because there's rules against that sort of thing like you have to really dedicate your entire life to studying this sort of thing i think um you know obviously this is an, an ancient study form that was just for learned men on and on and on it was just some hollywood nonsense which does kind of fit in with some of the other stuff that they talk about in this documentary where a lot of rockers in the 70s and 80s got into anton lavey or sure satanism the church of satan all that stuff and now they're born again christians yeah the, sorry the kabbalah thing i'm still hung up on that's a very ridiculous thing in hollywood but i guess it's not that far off from like sting deciding that his religion was coming a lot <laughs> yeah it's uh, these people have a lot of uh free time and as we've said before they're not too bright and in the past, they do a lot of drugs and want a lot of sex and kind of get hooked up with gurus. 
big in the 60s and 70s and through the 80s. The Beatles went through it, Led Zeppelin, uh, all this stuff. And looking for either some sort of spiritualism because they've been living this sort of lifestyle or leaning into it and wanting to get anything they can out of it. And now that's just been replaced by people sitting on their bus, looking at phones, uh, studying Alex Jones and Tim Pool. That is a shame. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there is a market for pseudo-religious charlatan that like, I could kind of put myself in to help coach some of these people, you know? And the argument can be made that the religious stuff and the political stuff have just fully melded now to the, where the political stuff is the religion. Well, certainly. And that's that's always been the case with, like, uh, for example, uh, Southern Baptist evangelical mm -hmm. tradition. Like um, Justin Bieber, to bring a more contemporary example, had that like um, Hillsong what no i don't hillsong might be the wrong name but like basically some mega church hype beast preacher that followed him around that like gave gave him guidance on what you know what pair of jordans the lord would want him to buy um he was i think uh recently um you know uh exposed as a philanderer so he lost that position unfortunately so that means that there's a new a new spot open up for a hype beast evangelical young young pastor type. Uh, but I would like to uh, get into a more uh, mystic, uh, pseudo-Eastern religious type meld. I think that I could grow a longer beard and guide, I don't know, um, Dua Lipa uh, or uh, who is another new uh, artist? I can't think of any. Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo on how to like live a, uh, uh, a Hindu slash Baptist lifestyle. I think that would be the right meld. <laughs> a Unitarian Tibetan monk hybrid. Yes, that's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, maybe if I could involve uh, sub Scientology. Well, Scientologists always got to get their cut, so we'll keep them out for right now. <laughs> you know, we'll talk to Jared Leto, see what he is up to, and we'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 get some Bulabas going. Um, anyway. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, lots, But the documentary did do a great job of taking the words of a lot of these pompous assholes and then, you know, putting it right out of their mouths, uh, exposing them for giant fat fucking frauds that clearly don't know anything about anything. Unfortunately, it does it trying to tie it in service of, uh, I guess, being a born again Christian, which I cannot, cannot endorse in any way. Yeah, what this documentary did a lot of times was like make a good point or like mm -hmm. make a point where it could be like fair and then turn it around and be about Jesus. Like so, I think it, I'm, we're getting way ahead of it, but like they talk about backmasking mm -hmm. and they specifically play a Venom song mm -hmm. where it's very obvious, like it's not a secret Satan message. It is like, yes, we are talking to you. We are the guys from Venom. Cut yourselves. Do it for us. And he says something along the lines of, well, this is like really obvious. So it's probably just uh, three weirdos <laughs> trying to do advertising. And it's like, yes, yes, that's it. it. But now and then he goes completely off the fucking rails, trying to find backmasking in, in other songs. And he plays it over and over and over again. And it clearly does not work, but he leans on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like these are three weirdos trying to make money <clears throat> off records, their records. Yeah because they want to you know because they're influenced by satan it's like ah you almost had it you're so close yeah. um man okay so here's the thing eric holmberg is autistic 
but like he's autistic in a way that like is for Jesus instead of a better purpose. He follows this incredibly circular logic throughout that is so frustrating because he's incapable of understanding metaphor or <laughs> art in any way. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of I am taking you exactly at your word. When you say, when you Pete Townsend say you're possessed on stage when you play, you're being literal. And and that's the thing. He takes literally everything literally <laughs> throughout three and a half hours. And I just want to shake him like, no, do you not understand what a metaphor is? What what a turn of phrase is like? Can we do an analogy? Can we understand being descriptive instead of straight up literal? But no, he does not. Do you not understand that Angus Young is very, very high? One of my favorite parts of the documentary is they show a clip of Bon Jovi uh, talking about an MTV contest that was like, come to Hedonism Island. We're going to you could do whatever you want. I'm going to yeah. drink from a coconut. And it's just like, no, 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 they don't really mean hedonism. <laughs> it's just a contest to hang out with the drummer from Bon Jovi for 30 minutes. If I'm not mistaken, hedonism is actually like a swingers resort in Jamaica. So. Yeah, didn't they make a, a Dan Aykroyd, um, Rosie O'Donnell movie about that, like Exit to Eden, it was called? Oh my God, I've never heard of that, but I'm going to go to Tubi as soon as we're done with this episode and watch that shit. I believe it includes both of them in like daddy bondage leather gear at some point. So enjoy. Oh, that's a must. That is a must watch for old Joe. <laughs> um, okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. It, I think describing the film as a man combs through um, both mainstream pop and incredibly niche heavy metal, industrial and noise music uh, to find really great examples of art uh, and then turn them into uh messages that say this is in service of satan you should not be listening to this for this reason that's three and a half hours of what it's long um yeah pretty much there are um i don't know there there are interesting elements to this though like um the way that he's able to to go from um everything from like he really does kind of lean hard on folks like madonna he's he's especially brutal on madonna and george michael i'd say those are the biggest targets of him um is that in i mean i, I can see why uh this if we're talking about like um the paternalistic right-wing evangelical type that those would be pretty big targets for ire wouldn't you say both very popular at the time, both putting out new music around the time, both overtly sexual music mm -hmm. where you could easily point to and say, well, this is this is a sin. I mean, look at this. Just yes. look at this. Um, But one thing that he does throughout this is kind of his lodestone, his guidepost throughout this is he leans so heavily on the satanic Bible, which is um, for folks unfamiliar a uh, quick uh, piece of shit written in the late 60s to make a quick buck. <laughs> it is not um, used as a, a a guidebook or religious text for literally anyone. This is uh, Anton LaVey in between uh, trying to cuck his followers' wives and uh, make money by any means possible. Just a quick thing he shit out. Um. But 
our man Eric Holmberg holds this up as the guidepost, the illuminating manuscript that can point you to uh, all of the decisions that these rock and roll artists make because they are pulling directly from this book. What do you make of all that? It's a pretty easy target. It's right there. It's in the name. Church of Satan, Satanism, uh-huh. Satanic Bible. Uh-huh. There you go. You right. want uh, what's easier proof like to to talk about like what you want to have your biblical references and to make your point. You can just go, well, here's the thing. This is the thing that exists. It's right here. And all these bands that we're talking about use the same symbols, use the same logos, use the same words in their songs. So it's it's one to one. It's real easy. Yeah, I guess he just um, he really gives a lot of credit to Anton LaVey uh, as being an inspiration for all of these artists, where I'm sure that that would make the ghost of Anton LaVey very, very pleased uh, because he was a relentless clout seeker. Uh, but this this is not true, I do not think. I do not think, for example, Whitney Houston was following the texts of the Satanic Bible when composing, uh, you know, the greatest love of all. <laughs> With somebody to love me. Yeah, hell Satan. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know why why he he attributes Anton LaVey with all of this all of this clout. Do you? Again, easy target, the easiest target. And um it's like pulling the stuff out of interviews or lyrics. It's easy to connect one and the other, especially when you're being very literal. Yeah. Um by the way, the Satanic Bible was released, I think it was written over the course of maybe two months. Um, after Rosemary's Baby was such a big success, <laughs> it was a cash-in job on that. Um, well, it's still cashing in. People are still buying it. That's true. A bunch of nerds. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of that. I find I found that very galling, personally. It's like, do not give this weird old lech credit for the artistic work of so many actual, like, you know, musicians, artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Okay, moving forward from there, what what do you want to look at? It's kind of hard to like. You can't really do this in a linear sort of way. You absolutely cannot. Um, we could talk about the heavy metal bands that he talks about. Yeah, it's not a lot. Like that we do go into pop stuff, and it, it is funny to hear him talk about like Led Zeppelin and the Who and the Grateful Dead. And talk about how they're evil and satanic. It's like, no, they just like really liked acid and like playing guitar. Most of them, with the exception well, of like Jimmy Page, with the Grateful Dead thing. Uh, what was so interesting about that was that what he found objectionable about the Grateful Dead was specifically was that the fans found their live music to be an almost spiritual affair. And he's like, aha, <laughs> you got to save that shit for Jesus, big dog. You can't uh, do acid and dance around to 20 minutes of uh, drums in space or broke down palace. You have to get in church. Yeah, it was weird to include Grateful Dead on this, but I guess they wanted to talk about like, the evils of drugs. And I mean, they were involved with the acid tests of the 60s and 70s and were very much into that sort of thing. So there's your target. And they use a lot of skeletons and skulls in their artwork. So there you go. Who was the artist he did the backmasking thing for that said smoke marijuana? Oh, that's a well-known 
back masking thing for Queen, where it's oh, that's another right. one bites the dust. Yeah. Uh, I think they were saying start to smoke marijuana in mm -hmm. this documentary. I've heard it's fun to smoke marijuana. <laughs> so. Either or, but obviously ridiculous. Um, but with the Led Zeppelin stuff in particular, um, he did go pretty hard on Jimmy Page, and I gotta say it is deserved. Jimmy Page, huge, colossal piece of shit, regardless, but uh, really involved with a lot of shitheads otherwise. Yeah, just that, on top of everything, like what a dork. Buy didn't he buy Anton Levy's castle or yeah. something like that, and have dorky black mass parties? Ugh, get out of here. Loser, absolute loser shit. But in terms of heavy metal bands, uh, they do talk about Iron Maiden, uh, specifically referencing a news story from the 80s in which uh, a teenager had killed someone and blamed Eddie. Yeah, yeah, that was really dumb. Lots of murders, um, you know, blamed on heavy metal here. And it was always like, a, for example, the the one kid that like killed his mother with his Cub Scout knife or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the line that he had there that stuck out to me because he uses it a few times in the film is um, uh, highly credible and respected law enforcement figures say, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. The, the one that stuck out to me about that story was like, uh, they described like how this happened. It's like, mm -hmm. how could this possibly happen You know, without some other outside force compelling him to do this? It's like, I don't know, massive mental illness. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably the most most likely thing I would say. But no, no his, it, it had to be the devil convinced him to do it. It had to be the devil, and again, that that claim is backed up by what he says is quote credible, highly credible uh, law enforcement figures. Uh, he does a lot of uh, a lot of attribution like that to highly credible experts, highly credible law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, without naming any names, which is convenient. Uh, and in a way, has been the way things have been ever since. <laughs> sure. We also have uh, some Ozzy in here. Not a lot, not as much as maybe you'd expect. Sure. But a fair amount, just uh, some lyrics, uh, some music videos, um, a little Black Sabbath here and there. Again, not that much. Uh, just like a second or two of Judas Priest, you'd think they would have gone after them a little bit more. But I guess it was the 80s and no one knew. Yeah, no one knew. Uh, some Blue Oyster Cult, they're in there, easy target. Um, and then you get into Venom, Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Coven, Anvil, Exodus, Celtic Frost. And like they play their music, they show lyrics, they show their album covers. Yeah, he goes in on uh, Celtic Frost, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they talked about like Tomegatherion, which... I actually did not know the origin of that title. I did not either. I had always assumed it's like, yes, let's go to, to Megatherion. Same. And I was like, like, I don't know what Megatherion is, but it sounds awesome. I bet it has like roller coasters and shit. Yeah, I thought it was some sort of like Nordic thing or some sort of Valhalla adjacent. But now it's like in reference to what is it? Anton LaVey being yeah. some sort of magician. Yeah. It <laughs> means like to the, I guess, grand magician wizard or whatever the fuck which is some name. which is a name that like levey had given himself which makes what was once a really cool thing in my mind unbearably shitty and also pretty weak to call yourself the grand magician like yeah if your whole thing is just trying to make money and have sex with lots of uh, lots of women like why aren't you like big dick wizard 
Yeah. <laughs> Old Big Dick Annie, as they call them. Um, cock sorcerer, something like that. The cock sorcerer. Wow. Yeah, let's go with that. It's a, a power metal slash uh, power violence mashup band. No, there's potential there. Write that one down. That one might be useful later. Like um, soaring melodic power metal songs, but they're only like 25 seconds long. Soaring melodic power metal songs about fucking that are always also premature. <laughs> it's literally about fucking dragons. Yes. Um, I, I think I think there's something to that. Write that one down. We'll come back to it later. Uh, I I I enjoyed uh, this segment here. He again this Christian documentary from 1989 taught me something about Celtic Frost. So go go figure, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I had never thought of looking up like what to Megatherion meant. Like it yeah. just sounded cool. So I'm like, I right, cool. It's like I don't have to look up Circle of Tyrants of that game anywhere. It just sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Uh so I guess thank you, uh, Mr. Holmberg. Appreciate your help there. Uh we also uh are there any other bands? I mean, I know he talks about a lot of bands, but there were there any that stuck out to you, at least in terms of heavy metal. I guess the heavy metal stuff, I was more surprised that he was even talking about it uh, because it, like we said, he had so many options for going like surface level and he got deep. He got into bands that we don't really talk about very often. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. But however, his, his ire was not really reserved for the bands that are like, I am satanic. I love Satan. I will kill Jesus Christ and et cetera, et cetera. He's like, yeah, this is like he, he could have done an hour just on King Diamond and would not have been wrong. Right. And he's saying, like, these are, you know, uh, it's fucked up that these things are overtly uh, satanic. They are telling you that they're overtly satanic. But, like, he, what he's really mad about was people that were not overtly satanic. Mm. Uh, before we get into that, I would like to share a metaphor that he has in this film that is frankly outstanding to me. Uh, he says, strychnine, one of the, the most potent uh, poisons... <laughs> Uh, you know, Satan, Satanism is like pure uncut strychnine. For example, if I were to take this strychnine, which he does, he pours it out onto a plate, pure uncut, says, put it in a room full of children, which he does. He has a bunch of toddlers like playing with each other with his pile of strychnine in between them. He says, they're going to leave it alone because it's, it's, it's abhorrent. They don't want to touch it. They don't want anything to do with it. Which you know some do, which is those uh, those people that are really into underground heavy metal that it's overtly satanic. He says, thankfully, most people have enough sense to not get into this shit. <laughs> uh, but some do. Uh, but instead, if I were to take the strychnine and sprinkle it on a plate of M and M's and then put it in front of these children, which he then does, <laughs> and those little kids start eating the strychnine M and M's, it is very very funny to me, man. Yeah, Satan comes in a sexy form, and that form is M&M's. Um, yeah, a lot of the ire is just towards pop music in general. Mm -hmm. Plenty of Prince, Michael Jackson, Madonna, and also like 70s rock music. There's a lot of, uh, I think the focus is on bands that explored spirituality outside of Christianity that get a lot of play. Yeah, um <clears throat> The, what is the word for it? Uh, the word that he used for it was apostasy being a greater sin than like straight Satanism, like combining um, the symbols of Christianity with the symbols of other religions. He was really pretty fucking heated about that. Yeah, the 
pentagram, goat head, inverted crucifixes, and then like the Beatles getting into Bodhisattva and Eastern religions and George Harrison and Led Zeppelin, these other sorts of bands. He did tell a story about John Lennon that I had never heard before. I mean, John Lennon was a huge fucking piece of shit, but uh, he did say that he like pissed on a group of nuns, which I had never heard before. I had not heard that either. Uh, I tried to find a source for that. I could not. It is apocryphal. And given what an asshole he was, I choose to believe it. <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I haven't heard that elsewhere, but I could believe it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So like, for example, um. Prince, uh, who himself was a lifelong Jehovah's Witness, uh, had some album art that had like, you know, uh, the Star of David and like the uh, the crucifix and other things all combined together. He was like, this is fucked up. <laughs> there were a lot of albums around that era that used a lot of symbols, religious symbols like mm -hmm. that. So, again, lots of ammo for this discussion. Um, that, that, anyway, that, that really seemed to set him off pretty good. Um, who were, who were some other folks in there that he was, he was heated about? Talk to uh, a little bit about punk, mm -hmm. uh, specifically Sid Vicious a bunch of times, which again, yeah. easy target. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, he, he did have a lot of ire for the sex pistols, but again, like it's the same thing with Venom. It's like, if this is a very obvious and clear cash grab based on outrage from the mainstream like should should you not be lending credence to that cash grab <laughs> yeah well it's the the cash grab is just the work of satan that's that's what the whole point is it's the secret stuff that you really have to worry about yeah uh, I, I guess so uh who were some other secret satanists ah uh, trying to remember I mean, there's a there's a lot of them, and I'm just trying to think like, what, what do we need to focus on here? Uh, I, what was in the very beginning? Was it Jefferson Airplane? Oh no, no, no! The very beginning. I I can't believe that we just now brought this up. The very opening scene of this is um, Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood, right, Fleetwood Mac, Mac. <laughs> uh, with his eyes rolled back in satanic ecstasy, or more likely, he was really high on cocaine. Mm -hmm. And what was the opening line? Like, wh what is wrong with this man? Yes, it's it's called cocaine psychosis. That's what's wrong with this man. Um, his, his wife is currently fucking another member of the band, and he's really pissed about it. <laughs> and um, we do also talk about industrial and goth music for more than just a couple of seconds. We get a lot of, like, Susie Sue... We get Patty Smith. Talk about what's that? He, he talks a lot about Patty Smith too. Patty Smith, Coil, Current ninety three. Yeah, like that's that's deep stuff. You're not just talking about Bauhaus or Skinny Puppy. You're like you're going into it. Someone knew their stuff when they were putting this together. Um, he talks a lot about uh, the Cure as well. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, what I, I appreciated here was when he's talking about the Cure and and you know similar bands. Uh, of that kind of uh, dark wave uh, post-punk thing. He's like, these are truly the most insidious <laughs> uh, because they they make it smart and that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the secret Satans that you have to worry about. Exactly. Um, and I, I was just like, that's awesome, dude. Like, I, I, I agree. They're smart and that makes it scary. 
a lot of Christian death they also put in. Uh, they focus on band names throughout uh, that obviously would have negative connotations for Christianity. Um, Christian death, lots of lots of Christian death talk too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like yeah, that that's awesome. Um, I I appreciated the depth and scope of uh, how much hate he had for pop music. For example, focusing like you know he covers all the big hitters. Um, Whitney Houston, George Michael, uh, Prince, Madonna, et cetera, et cetera. Huey Lewis in the news. Sure. He had uh, a lot of contempt for their song, Jacob's Ladder, uh, stating that it was, you know, a satanic kind of thing. Uh, lots of hate for uh, Van Hagar as well. <laughs> <laughs> the best of both worlds is uh, an example of something that he found uh, satanic. And I, I I agree with you, but again, not for the reasons you believe. <laughs> and like they go through the traditional, like talking about the devil horns and showing up in all sorts of places, like on a Kiss album cover. Oh, Cheap Trick gets a lot of yeah. play throughout this too, which I felt was very funny. Uh, I, again, something I never knew. I, I, this documentary taught me another thing. The origin of the band name Cheap Trick is that the band claimed that it had come up when they were playing with a Ouija board. Uh, and of course, uh, Ouija board is a deeply satanic thing to use, so you got to dismiss everything the band has ever done immediately. Well, bands, cheap trick. Again, like, really goofy, fun band. <laughs> uh, it's the band you know, with the guy with the hat. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the band with the guy that has a six-net guitar. It's so silly. They're the goddamn dream police, which is, of course, a way that Satan gets you in your dreams. Um, and Freddy Krueger. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of horror movies, throughout this, there are also clips from Trick or Treat. That is true. Uh, in that last segment, uh, he uses a very long clip from <laughs> Trick or Treat, uh, which is a nice bit of kismet with our Halloween episodes. Yeah, people can go back and listen to our episode with the lovely Liz Lane and hear all about that. But they do take a, a long, a few clips, but a long one and intersperse it with another music video. Mm-hmm. Which you could never do today for multiple copyright reasons. Um, keeping in theme with the kind of circular logic that he seems to fixate on, um, he states that a uh, one of the reasons why all rock and roll is inherently evil is that the is the focus on rebellion, and rebel is what Satan did against God initially, like before time. And therefore, everything in, involved in this rebellion idea of rock and roll uh, renders the whole thing uh, not fit for consumption for a good, safe Christian. Satan was the original rebel without a cause. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, the whole thing, like it, I, it really took me back in a bad way to my youth and being told by some dickhead youth pastor that all of the things that you enjoy actually they're bad. <laughs> and how'd uh, that work out? Uh, well, I, I was actually talking about this with my wife the other day because I, I sometimes am surprised uh, when I say something stupid and I realize that the person that I'm talking to is a deeply religious person, which happens pretty often because I'm stupid. Um, I was raised in a very, very strict Christian environment and I rejected it wholeheartedly. Uh, and I have been rejecting it ever since. 
but other people uh, that I grew up with, people in my family, et cetera, they held on to it and they continue to hold on to it into their adulthood and middle age. I just, I don't know what makes this effective on some people and not on others. Uh, because I, I look at all of this as deeply, inherently, not just like silly, but like harmful. Uh, this this idea that you need to impose these strictures on people, otherwise living their life unfettered from it, they will inevitably become a violent criminal, which he see, he, he does not imply, he says directly, without the confines of God, uh, people are basically Hobbesian animals, uh, which is a deeply anti-human thing to say. <laughs> I guess a lot of it is just control. You you control the youth, the, your people, and you force them to have their goodly, godly lives dedicated to the church and giving lots of money to the church. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Um, I there there are folks in my my family, for example, um, that are just the most solid, uh, you know, stand up young people, like. Uh, community leader types always doing the right thing. And that is based like on a whole deep conviction that what they are doing is the right way to get right with God, which in some, I don't agree with um, how they got there, but I like the end results, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's ultimately if you're a good person, what difference does it make? Yeah, that, no, I absolutely agree. I just, I wish that um, for me, I saw all of this as a, as a form of control and I rejected it outright and I resent any, anybody trying to impose control on anybody else, but for others, they, they find uh, contentment with it. Uh, I just, whatever, man, uh, good, good for you. I'm pulling for you, but man, I hate all of this shit. <laughs> it's not for you. It's not for a lot of people, but I guess it depends on the end result. Ultimately, like this thing you grew up with or this thing you still live with, there's you still believe if the end result is you're a good person that helps people, doesn't really matter. I guess not. But uh, I, I do think that uh, we should be exploring more positive ways to get that result without, without the control of somebody saying that, for example, if you watch Michael Jackson's thriller, despite the opening thing, the opening credits saying the artist does not want to endorse any occult themes, saying that this is a satanic video. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the problem with the throughout this is just again the literal takes of a lot of this sort of thing. Uh, one thing I did like throughout this documentary, but they didn't do it enough, is like the asides. Like it's not just him talking; it's where they put him in a place like you were talking about with the the kids eating M and M's. At one point, uh, he's talking about like the sonic heaviness of loud music and how it could hard boil an egg and it <laughs> sticks him in what's supposed to be a, like a concert setting with a bunch of people headbang in front of him. And he pulls an egg like out of the amp and is like, who's hungry? I, I had completely forgotten that it happened. Truly bizarre. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, yes, another one they did was at the end towards like the very end where they had someone lying in a hospital bed. Oh dying. yeah. The guy who's like in a coma. He's got like the oxygen mask on. He's laying in the bed. There's machines beeping. And then they have a woman lip syncing Whitney Houston to him. 
Yes. Oh my God. It would have been so much better if he was like, the woman was lip syncing like, Ladman has taken my sight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hail Satan. Um, anyway, I, I would recommend that folks, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but there really are moments that are, that are worth a watch. Uh, if for no other reason to see the dap that these otherwise kind of forgotten artists have gotten uh, in 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 service of Satan, uh, and also to get a taste of the circular logic that has so confounded me. <laughs> was this like looking into the past for you? It was in a way that was deeply uncomfortable, Jordan. <laughs> And if people are in bands and they need good like sound clips to start off a song lots, or in the middle of a song, this is perfect for that. Oh yeah. Um I I I gotta recommend it. You should you should be doing that. Um I don't know, Jordan. What what else do you want to say about this? Um, it's a little slow in the beginning. Uh, it took me a little while to get into it. There are some entertaining moments. Obviously, as we've been discussing. There are points throughout this where they may make a fair point or something that's like worth discussing. Again, like these bands really aren't satanic in heavy metal. They're just trying to make money. It's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. But then things get lost. And we're like, and the gimmick is because of Satan. Right. Or, um, you know, the problem is spirituality and we have no control over our lives. And it's a God is trying to help us and Satan's trying to control us through this music that we listen to. And, you know, we have to fight the urge and drugs are bad and sex is bad. And any mention of sex in the song is bad. And it goes against God. Like all that stuff is what you would probably come to expect from this sort of thing. Uh, I thought it was going to be worse, honestly, in, in terms of that, just, you're very basic. Everything is bad. Everything is evil. And they do get to that, but in a way where they like at least tried to put a little bit of thought into it against circular logic. But right, uh, you know, it could have been a lot worse. It, it could have been worse. He is presented as at least he is not a he doesn't he doesn't come across as like a hateful guy. Which right. is which does this a lot of service. If you had right. a Pat Robertson or whatever who can't help but just be dripping with contempt for even his rube audience, like it's different. This guy's a true believer for sure, right? Uh, and he seems like he means well, even if what he means is in service of something I find deeply abhorrent. <laughs> yeah, and I think like at the beginning they mentioned something like we're not telling you to throw away your albums. We're not mm-hmm. saying you should burn your albums, but we want you to think about this, which is you know, a reasonable way to address this, but also a sneaky way to sure. appear more reasonable. But, you know, you're, we're never told you're going to burn in the fiery pits of hell because you listen to Venom. Um, Right. At the same time, he's saying, don't do all of this. Instead, right. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should focus on your love of God. Uh, or finding ways to like celebrate God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the thing that's always gotten me about this, Jordan, is like, you know, this hate for the secular world is that a lack of a compelling option uh, inside of the religious world. So like, sure, there is a huge industry propped up of trying to make, you know, religious films, religious uh, entertainment, music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they know it sucks. They know that it's a pale comparison. 
and they fall back on, well, like you shouldn't need to be entertained. You shouldn't want any of this. You should instead be focused on the glory of God, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, what does that even look like? When what's always been the thing that stuck in my craw is like the thing that made me want to abandon this whole concept entirely is the concept of, of heaven or whatever is being an eternity of celebrating, worshiping and glorifying God. I'm like, it sounds like being in church forever. <laughs> These are one of those things where like, I am, I'm not Christian. I didn't grow up Christian. I have very little knowledge mm -hmm. about any of this stuff and zero real world experience. Isn't God love? Isn't that what we're ultimately led to be told or believe? Like, so if you're secular, even if you like the same stuff, like, isn't the end goal just like God loves you anyway? Well, like it's okay. Honestly, and the answer is, for these people, the answer is no, because you're yes. not giving money to the church. No. And also, like, depending on which sect of Christianity you follow, some would say that is a deeply uh, blasphemous thing to say, Jordan. <laughs> we, uh, we only have an angry, vengeful God that will smite everyone in its path. Kind of. Yeah. And again, all of this is ultimately meaningless because the predominant strain of Christianity within the United States is a worship of the United States itself. It has nothing to do with any of these any of these bits of religion. If you don't like it, you could just get out. I would like to, and you won't let me. <laughs> you go, start walking, go north or south. You see what happens. And again, uh, the, the 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 barriers to entry for other countries is higher than you think. Anyway, not trying to hop on a soapbox here, Jordan. It's just tough to do when you give me three and a half hours of somebody else. I thought you were always box. on a soapbox. You're permanently on a soapbox. Am I? I don't mean to. <laughs> well, I figured this would be something I might have heard of it before, but something to watch, something that I know our listeners enjoy us talking about and exploring themselves. And I don't know. Sorry it was three hours long. It wasn't my choice. Um, do you want to see some more stupid comments here? Sure. Uh, this one five months ago from Amanda IK3JN. Why did I think you were going to say Amanda Huggin, Kes? <laughs> Amanda Huggin here serious says, I used to really love and be into Dio before I got saved. Looking back at him here, and now in 2023, he died some years ago from stomach cancer. The word Dio stands for God in Italian. It's ironic watching him here talking about staying in hell. I wonder if he got what he wanted. He's probably now realizing it wasn't worth it. Dio is a Christian man. <laughs> what the fuck do you want from these people? God damn, nothing is enough. We didn't mention that Dio does get a fair amount of flight, possibly more than Black Sabbath and Ozzy throughout this. Like they even play some live Dio where he sounds great, by the way. His he voice does sound, sounds very good. He does sound really good. Uh, oh, there is one thing about this film that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we don't, we rarely, because there's no reason to talk about it on this show ever. Um, Jim Morrison, <laughs> one of history's greatest fucking frauds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just reminded me of this part, though. Do you want to describe this part? They play a clip from some interview where Jim Morrison is clearly smacked out of his mind, whacked out of his head. He is gone, where he's slurring his speech and mumbling about how he got a ride from some guy and the guy was giving him a hard time. So he wasted him. Yeah. He's like, I murdered a man. Didn't think anything of it or whatever. It's like, okay, well I know 
I know what Jim Morrison is, which is to say a fat fucking fraud who uh, was way into Native American appropriation before it was cool and taking shit tons of pharmaceuticals on top of uh, gallons of vodka. So like everything that you say is fake. You are a giant vo void and a fraud, and I'm glad you're dead. Uh, and in the meantime, you lied a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a weird clip. I, and around that point, too, they showed a lot of black and white pictures of rockers who had passed away through drug usage, alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. And like they show you, Jim Morrison, you, Jimi Hendrix, Keith Moon. They also showed. Ron Pigpen McGurney, who was the original keyboardist from the Grateful Dead. Wow. Like, of all those people, like, uh, it doesn't really fit in all that much just because he was an alcoholic. But it was just like, oh, eh, how about that? I know who that is. I mean, he did, uh, he got to Mama Cass Elliot and the shit too. So, like, you can't, you, you, you can't do nothing right. Everybody, everybody is, is doomed. Um, anyway, all this to say, um, unfortunately, still relevant. A whole lot of satanic panic nonsense going on. A whole lot of paranoid end times thinking. Yeah, I I think I guess the difference between then and now, or at least my perception of it is, it's somewhat less. I am uh, an angry Christian mother. Mm -hmm. It's morphed a little bit into an I am an angry Republican mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, it's mm -hmm. the moms for liberty that are banning books instead of you know the moms for. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ missionary, but it's the same thing. It's just, it's changed and become more of uh, a red state. This is my political team sort of thing, but it's the same stuff. Right. Can I read you another comment here? Read a few. These are entertaining. Um, John Beckner TV eight UG two months ago says, this is what Joe Biden wants. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, Joe Biden. And again, like Joe Biden, devoutly Catholic guy to my great frustration and to the frustration of a lot of other people in this country. Like you can't get away with nothing. You might as well fucking be just tear up a Bible in front of everybody and say that you worship Satan. They're going to fucking attack you for it the same way. It's like when they're like, oh, Joe Biden's a communist. So you might as well be at this point just because that's what they think you are. I it, <laughs> Please. Please, I'm begging you, become a communist. Well, that ain't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Oh, well. Um, anyway, uh, here's here's another one here from Keith Gordon, 4153. The grandfather of rock and roll, Robert Johnson, told everyone he sold his soul to the devil. Good point. This is all, it's all his fault. <laughs> there's all, one that did remind me, another thing we didn't talk about is how there's a little section in this where they talk about voodoo mm -hmm. and oh African beats. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is so fucking racist, dude. <laughs> like uh, pulling in uh, David Byrne and the Talking Heads, like a guy who's clearly influenced by like uh, Afro pop and tying that into voodoo, a Haitian practice, I was like, that's racist. <laughs> yeah, and talking about, like, I think they say African drum beats. And yes. then they also, like, mis mislabel. They say, like, voodoo is African. It's like, well, yeah. not not really. <laughs> You're just all combining one thing when you really want to say something else that you can't say. <sighs> yeah, I... Uh... 
I had forgotten about that entirely. I'm glad that I'm glad that you mentioned that. And what else? They also said, uh, was it Live Aid or Farm Aid, where they use a a clip where they're talking about um, Freddie goes to Hollywood. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> relax. Oh, Frankie. Do... Yeah. Frankie goes yeah. to Hollywood. It's like, well, this is the deeply satanic song. Why not? Sure, I agree with you. Uh, specifically, the 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 instance of talking about uh, Live Aid, or that's what it was, right? Yeah, it was Live Aid. Live Aid, like the idea that you know, rock and roll be, can be used for a good purpose. All of these artists coming together to you know raise money to to fight uh, hunger and uh, and but they elevated. Frankie goes to Hollywood, which means that the whole thing is in service of Satan. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> and all the money went to Ethiopia's communist dictator instead That's of helping people. That's right. Oh, my God. So, re reputable sources say that all of the money went to these Ethiopian communist leaders and none went to the starving people. I'm like, love that. I love that for us. And then they showed like white Christian missionaries playing acoustic guitar in front of incredibly bored African children. <laughs> Okay, so clearly there's a lot of things that are worth it for in this film. Go watch the whole thing. Yeah, hang out with a bunch of friends, have a few drinks, and say, watch this, we'll have a good time. And they're stuck there for three hours. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like the the things that uh, we watched this year that were three and a half hours long, this and Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, this is so much better, right? <laughs> there's better music in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where we'll get that credit. Um, well, I, I don't know, man. Any any closing thoughts here for our people? Um, this is a weird thing that exists. I think it's a good introduction, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't really know any of this, and it kind of confirms a lot of suspicions and cliches and things you'd expect from this sort of thing. Uh, it's a long watch, so if you do want to go check it out. You could watch it at like two times speed to get through it a lot faster. I kind of did that at some points. Um, but you will be introduced to some good music that you maybe had never heard of before. Uh, I watched the whole thing on half speed because I'm a true believer. Just doing long bong reps and passing out <laughs> to him slowly mentioning Dio lyrics. <laughs> Not too far off from how that went. Anyway, um, folks, if you, if you like this show... Um, I actually don't know if this is a Patreon episode or not. Is it a Patreon episode right now? No, this is a real episode. Uh, this is a real episode. So if you want, if you want more episodes, subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, and uh, for five dollars, you can get like literally a hundred extra shows. It's a great deal. Um, please do that. Oh yeah, and also there's a Discord if you want to talk to other people about Toilet of Hell stuff. Uh, let us know if you want in on that. Uh, what else? You can email us toilethell at gmail.com, toilethellradio at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram. And that's about it. Uh, hey, um, thank you. We'll see you next time.
You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.